It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The fun forever ends. At the end of the episode, that's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to building the game. I'm gonna start that over. Sounded like an asshole. Always, always. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, December 2nd, and you're listening to episode 392. Joining me this week, we have a little bit of Simon and Simon action here for the uh, Gen Xers and the baby boomers who understand that. Okay, boomer, it's Simon and Simon. It's actually Jason and Jason. Yes! Recording back in the studio. Back in the studio. Yeah, because Jason got up his lazy butt and drove down here. Because the uh, other time, this lazy Jason had to drive up there. And, and I was uh, milking you for the yeah. free labor that, I, to pack your games. I, I have to say, um, we recorded first, so I didn't get to talk about it much. But I had the amazing time. It was so much fun. Like, it was it's work where, like, as you get it done, you're, you, like, you can feel it. Like, those boxes were emptying, and I yeah. was packing stuff. And, like, I was seeing names I knew on, on some of the stickers. And so it was... It was really fun. Like any game, I will gladly come do that for you, even if it's not mine, sadly. <laughs> so. And it was cool because we were just like, we got to hang out. I was making labels. You were packing stuff. We were yep. listening to music. We were yeah. showing each other different stuff. Yep. And it was uh, it was a good time. Yeah. And it's like, often that's a very lonely uh, job for yep. me. I just do yep. it by myself <laughs> and kind of zone out watching Netflix. But like, uh, it was good to have you there, man. Yeah. And so my only rule would be, if you ever publish a game by Julio, I'm not helping. <laughs> Sounds Other good. than that, I'm in there. That's that's legitimate. That's fair. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, Nicole, that'd be fine. You know, anyone else, that'd be fine. Just just not Julio. <laughs> I draw the line at what about, Julio. What about Riddle and Pinchback? I would help with that because I'd just be thinking about how dreamy Riddle is. I mean, not Riddle. Oh, my gosh. What am I saying? Is that a Freudian slip? Am I attracted to Matt Riddle? <laughs> There's something there. thinking about how dreamy Pinchback is. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, what have you been up to, man? Oh, I'm tired. I was in San Francisco all week with my wife, so we got back last night at midnight, went to bed about 1.30, and I am out of it, because I was, of course, up at 6.30 to take the kids to school. We're recording this, then I gotta go serve pizza at my kids' school. Yeah. That's a lot, man. It's a busy time. Yeah, I, I feel that, too. I had to write a paper for my librarian program, and I waited too long, and it's been 10 years since I wrote a paper. <laughs> I, but I wrote I wrote a lot of other stuff in between, but like that was that was a lot. And then I had new patients. It was a I was driving all over the place. But the really the one thing that is like keeping my life full right now is everything Star Wars. Like yeah, uh, I'm so excited and and ready for the new movie to come out. I just watched Last Jedi with my seven year old last week. I watched it on the airplane. Oh, dude, and. <laughs> I love it. Like haters yeah. gonna hate, yeah. but I think it's great. And my and I loved experiencing it for the first time with my youngest kid, yep. and yep. she was super into it. Yep. Um, I am. I drive about fifteen hours a week to see mm-hmm. patients. I'm on the road in my car driving. Oh gosh! So yeah. uh, I got the aftermath audiobooks by Chuck oh, Wendig, which nice. is, is a trilogy that takes place between yep. Jedi and Force yep. Awakens. Yep. So I am currently, in, in the last two months, like now I'm on book three, I'm uh-huh. about halfway through, so like I'm looking forward to my drive home today because I'm going to get that much closer to finishing that nice, story. Nice, nice. I should do that because I don't, I'm terrible at sitting down and reading books, but I could do audiobooks and 
Um, and I've heard the Chuck Wendig stuff is really solid. So it's cool. It's, it feels a little edgier at times, a little more violent sometimes than I would imagine the movies being. But you right. can do that in in the right. books. Yeah. But it's a cool story, and there's a lot of love for Star Wars just tucked in for fans. Right. I don't know though, man. You say more violent, but like watching the Last Jedi, there's no blood basically because of the lightsabers. But that battle with Kylo and uh, Ray at the end against the uh, Praetorian Guard. Like, there are heads rolling and stuff. Yeah, that was a like, scary people scene. People getting stabbed straight through. Um, there's a lot of violence there. So it's just, you just can't see it. Oh, oh. Maybe books, though. Maybe that's right. my thing with this book is, like, I can't visually see it. So my mind is making some of this descriptions right. of the that's violence. that's what I'm saying. Like, if you describe, like, yeah. impaled or lopped off their head or cut in half, that sounds more violent in a non-Star Wars, like in a book when you're reading it than when you're seeing it, I feel like. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's that's so, a good point. Um, so a thing I noticed in The Last Jedi that I'm guessing, because we're going to talk about The Mandalorian here because we're both really excited. Oh, we, yeah. We are going to do spoilers. Don't worry. Yep. Um, but uh, this, is, this is the thing about The Mandalorian. It's in the very first scene. It's not a spoiler, but he has this really sweet material called Beskar. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so it's basically it's bulletproof, right? I mean, it's like laser proof. Um, and he in the beginning, and so far what we've seen is he has a shoulder piece for it. That's a pauldron. That's it, right? Um, you see it actually in the trailer. He gets shot there and it bounces off. They Rose shoots Captain Phasma um in Last Jedi, and it just bounces off her shiny armor. And I'm wondering oh. if her armor is Beskar. It would make sense, well, it's got right? Well, a chrome look, too. Yeah, right. And it would make sense because she's the leader. She's got fancier armor, right? Um, she's also ridiculously huge, so she's a big target. Yeah. <laughs> and not super fast in that thing. Um, so anyways, that made a, me wonder. That's a good pickup. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I One of the things I like about Star Wars is, like, how they've expanded on, like, like you know... Um, so lightsabers are rare, right? Like lightsabers are hard to make, but these force weapons that they have, like the Praetorian Guard has, right? And and there's more and more of those. Like the they do it for the first time in the Force Awakens with uh uh TR8R or whatever. The it's the guy who yells traitor at Finn. Oh yeah, and, and he's then, got those like, big like glowing like, yeah, yeah. Like the riot stick things, yep. but they're glowing. Uh, and they can they can hit lightsabers with the and not get destroyed because the, theoretically it's like a force field yeah more like electricity field yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. Um, I love that they've done that because then it's like because it, it felt like in the in the um, prequels like the lightsabers were just like I'm gonna cut through everything just <laughs> yeah. Can I mention one thing about the Last Jedi too? Uh, yeah, yeah. I so, want to mention the game that I've been playing in Star Wars too. So okay, we'll you, get to that. Just a yeah. Second. So yeah. first, you were talking about the haters with Last Jedi, and like one of the biggest things I've heard from the Last Jedi haters, other than the Casino Planet feels kind of Disney-ified, but the thing is, guys and girls, Disney-ified is something that Star Wars has always been. Like look oh, back sure. at the original, like the the um. Some of the cheesiest things ever. Well, think were. of the music that was playing in, on Tatooine in the. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of the word. The Mos Eisley Cantina. Yeah, the, the Cantina. Yeah. Yeah. The Cantina. Do, do, do. It's just like yeah. it was just yeah. very hokey, very cheesy. The band was a blue. El- this guy, guy was a blue elephant nose yeah. playing the, the round piano. Yeah, you know, like it's too totally cheesy. Right, or the um, and there's puppets in the movie. Yeah, that are clearly puppets. Yeah, right. I right. mean, so like. Anyways, so I don't think that that's yes. The prequels were very too much kid friendly. Like, yeah. 
that's but like the that was a dialogue issue more yeah. than anything i think yes the thing that i really really uh found people complaining about was that the side mission that finn and rose go on uh-huh um and bb8 is wasted right like all they do is make things worse right uh-huh. like they literally make things worse by going on this mission and that really annoyed people right and there's the whole why did not why didn't holdo just tell poe dameron the plan well, because Poe Dameron, she didn't owe him anything, first yeah, of all. Yeah. He was being a jerk. He's showing he maybe yeah. can't be trusted yeah, at this right? point. <laughs> so, so I ignore that. That is stupid to complain about that. Yep. Like, that makes sense, right? It's it, Leia would have told him the plan because Leia knew him. That was not... Holdo didn't know him. All right. she knew was what she'd seen so far, and it was not good. Like, there was no relationship. She When she met him, right. she's like, oh, I've heard about you. Yeah. Like, it was, what? It's not like, now I'm going to divulge my big plan to this person who right. I've got a bad taste in my mouth about. Who, who already clearly doesn't trust me. Right. But anyways, so the side mission just makes everything worse. Like, it literally gets half the rebels killed. Because they bring back Benicio Del Toro. He screws them over. They blow a bunch of rebels out of the sky as they're trying to escape to that to create the mining planet, right? Uh-huh. And they're like, that's, like, this is just stupid. But no, like, that's life, man. Like, it doesn't always work out. Like, the heroes tried to do something, and they failed. And it was showing that when the heroes were disconnected, right, when they were doing the things that they thought were the right things to do that weren't necessarily the right things to do because they weren't working as a team, like, they failed. Like, it was bad, that's okay. The whole point is at the end of the movie, they realize, like Poe says, like Poe wants um, Finn's like, we're going to go out and we're going to save Luke. We got to help him. We can't leave him behind. And Poe's like, no, we can. And we need to. Because yeah. we're the spark that lights the fire that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right? Um, like, that he gets it. In the end, he gets it. Like, no, if I'm going to be a leader, we have to be a team. Right. And then, like, Leia's, like... It's a transformational like, process. Right. Also, their side mission painted the picture of what is going on in the galaxy. Because, like, you're, they, they like they talked about the, the rich... Yep. Uh, profiting um, off yeah, the profiting war. Yeah, profiting off the yep. war. Absolutely. And they talked about... Um, they, they gave them an opportunity to, like, the free some kids. Free, mm-hmm. or free the slaves. Like, the animals right. that were under, right. you know. Uh, and then it showed that not everybody's going to be like Han Solo and be like, oh, I'm a bad guy, but now I'm the hero. Like, Benicio del toro right they're like everyone is not as like yeah. black and white right he's as... like i'm the bad guy no i'll help you no really i'm just the bad guy yeah right 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 right, right. so like yeah i i loved it it developed their characters in some neat mm-hmm. ways yep. and it did get them to that point at the end of the movie where like oh now i've had some experiences i can't right. do this alone and right. there are things that are more important yep yeah somebody brought up to me too that um lando in the next movie they were interested to know if they would cons- continue his. It might have been Nate Darty that they would continue. Will they continue that war profiteering storyline? Because Lando was like a perfect example of somebody who very well could have been profiting off the war. Oh yeah, right. I mean that just seems like kind of on brand. He went for from him. being a gambler to being like an emperor of his own little world. Really, yeah, right. So yeah. and he was a rebel and he helped. Right, uh-huh. he was a good guy and I love Lando, but. He likes money. Yeah. Everybody kind of changed afterwards. And if he saw the rebellion wasn't going to win or when the rebellion did win, right, and took down the empire, I could see after that that he kind of went back to doing his own thing, right? You know, buying fancy capes and stuff, right? Yeah. So if you're important in Star Wars and you're cool, 
you got a cape. Like that's a thing. That's that's yeah. You should. I mean, right. that's how you know. I wish that I wish that modern day was like we that. just walk around. That guy's cool. He's got a cape. Yeah, he's got a cape. <laughs> Clearly, he has a cape. He must be cool. So awesome. Anyways, you played a Star Wars game. Yeah, yeah. I was at like this discount store, and I and I picked up uh, like they came out with probably last year or around the time of the Solo movie. They came out with Sabacc. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I, really? I haven't played that yet, and it looks awesome, except for they printed the Star Wars logo on the card backs, which, like, in Star Wars, the movie, when they're playing Sabacc, the cards would not have the logo on the back of them, but they're right. just they're branding right. it, and I was like, right. oh, that's the only part that I didn't like about it. Oh, that's funny. Um, but I haven't played that yet, but I did buy this little little game for, like, two bucks, and it was called uh, I've Got a Bad Feeling About This. Ooh! And it's, yeah, it's got um, really cute art. Like, you know Jeff Brown, Jeffrey Brown? He's a comic artist. Yeah, he, yeah, he wrote, yeah. like, um, Vader's Little Princess. Yes, and, like, yeah, he does, he does yeah. comic. He's from Grand Rapids, actually. He used to go to the comic oh. shop in my neighborhood, but um, he it kind of looks like his style of art, so it's, like, little jokey things. The game, honestly, it feels a little bit, like, munchkin-y. It's just words on cards with some yes, actions. I heard about this. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're, you're trying, like, there's no cards that are bad things that happen in the movies that are mixed into the deck with little jokes, and you have an escape card. So you're, you're just trying to be the last one that can hang on to your escape card with, like, cards being passed around and decks being shuffled and stuff. Okay. Okay, okay. So the art is cute. Uh, the box and packaging is really nice. It's got this foil on it, and it's got, like, the thing that holds the cards, like, looks like the trash compactor from A New Hope, like, that it has, like, wow. a tentacle monster in the bottom of it. Did you get it. that at, like, Goodwill for $2? No, I got it at, like, Ollie's, Ollie's Closeout Market. It's, like, an overstock-type place where they okay. buy truckloads of stuff that didn't sell and right. sell it for real cheap. Right. It was brand new. But um, my kid, my 10-year-old, loves it she absolutely thinks it's great because she likes the art she likes the jokes she <laughs> likes the simplicity of gameplay yeah um and i mean it's pretty cute and it's quicker than munchkin it takes about you know 10 10 minutes to play so it makes it a little more bearable to uh-huh. me than a game that's never ending but like uh at the point where i am in like my love for star wars like anything star wars and and really i'm afraid of the big games like the bigger star yeah, wars games yeah that's fair that's fair. um uh, give me my star wars risk which is an incredible game which is not exactly like risk but it's awesome um or something lighter any day but that, but yeah everything star wars has got me lit up they, sh- they should have called that one everybody's got a bad feeling about risk <laughs> that would have been good that would have <laughs> been good words um but yeah, the, yeah, I'm especially excited about the Mandalorian. Right. Yes, the you're Mandalorian watching Mandalorian. It's so good. I've seen the first two episodes. I think today, as we're recording this, the third one comes out. Today. Yeah, I was real bummed that we had to do this today because I was like, first thing I'm going to do when I wake up, watch Gosh. Mandalorian. But now I'm going to wait. Sorry. Thanks a lot, Jason. I know I'll probably uh, watch it while I'm waiting for my kids. I've been watching it on my phone in the car while I wait for the kids. Oh, on the small screen? No way. I gotta see it, you man. You gotta. I gotta watch it. That's cool. I'll, I'll I'll end up watching it again with my kids. It's it's not, it's a little more gritty, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, bad. I mean, like, Star Wars is always, other than the fact that some people are going to die and stuff, Star Wars is always not that bad. Right. You know? So far, uh, it feels to me, they're only doing eight episodes this season. Yep. They're already working on the second, I believe. Yep. Uh, but the the episodes feel a little short. Yeah. So it's going to feel, by the time it's done, like a long movie. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to feel like one movie you can right. sit down and Because like, the first episode was 40 minutes. The second was only 30 minutes. Uh, it very much has a Star Wars feel. But it uh, also has a spaghetti western feel, big it, time. It does. Yes. Well, I think A New Hope did, too. Like, especially when they were on, like, uh, Tatooine early on. That's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it... it it feels good. The storytelling, the the pacing, the visuals, uh, mm-hmm. 
aren't overdone feeling. Nope, nope. It just it feels it feels glorious the so far. The casting is amazing. Yeah. So Nick Nolte, right, is in it. He's the Ugnot guy. Ku something or Kuil or yeah. Kulil. But uh he does his whole like Blah, blah, blah. I have spoken. Like, I love that. I love that. It's like the writers um, thought, what is going to make good memes? Right. Like, yeah, what yeah. is going to be so yeah. repeatable? What are these catchphrases where yeah, we yeah. can link everything right. to? Werner Herzog is a terrible actor. He's playing himself, but it's <laughs> perfect. I yep. I could listen to him talk about anything. Uh-huh. Like his, he has the best voice and his little accent. And like, he... Hasn't seen Star Wars or watched no, any yeah, of the Star no, Wars yeah, movies. He's yeah. like, I don't need to. It's fine. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I love it. Don't you think, Bounty Hunter? <laughs> um, uh, Taika Waititi, though, uh, is in it as well. Okay. You know who that is, right? No. Yes, you do. Tell me. The dude who directed Thor Ragnarok. I haven't seen it yet. What? Okay. I know. I'm trying. I'm Dude, working through the Marvel Universe with my wife. It's a very slow it's process. so good. He plays a rock monster in that. Okay. I mean, not actually a monster, but a rock alien. Um, but anyways, he did What We Do in Shadows. Okay. And Jojo Rabbit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I really want to yeah, see Jojo yeah, Rabbit. he plays Hitler. He's ah, also the director, okay, right? Okay. Um, he's, he's insane. I, and I may be pronouncing his name wrong. If only Rob was here to tell me. But I think it's Taika Waititi. Um, but he directed the last Thor. He's going to direct the next Thor, Love and Thunder, as well. Oh. Um, but anyways, he's great. And he plays the IG-11 droid. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is, I'm like... So good. That scene is so Star Wars, right? Yep. Like, um, so there's there's a there's a fighting, and he keeps trying to self-destruct, because he's, like, <laughs> he's like, I'll initiate self-destruction, which is the Mandalorian's like, stop he's like, no! Will you please stop doing that? <laughs> um... Yeah. Uh, there's uh in the second episode there's no spoilers though don't get no, 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 too many no. spoilers so there's in there's for those of you who hasn't seen it hopefully you've avoided on the internet there is a large spoiler I'm sure it's impossible to avoid on it's the internet it's actually a small point. spoiler <laughs> <laughs> good one um but anyways it's it's interesting right uh huh um, and I've actually heard some people not be happy about it really like, they're okay. like that's dumb um well I, they're dumb that's what I say I think it's being done really well yes like they're handling it. Perfectly. Uh-huh. Anyways, so um uh there's a there's a scene that in the second episode, and if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. That's incredibly reminiscent of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh the tank scene in Indiana Jones and the oh, Last yeah, Crusade. Yeah. And that like you think you know what's gonna happen and you're consistently wrong, right? Yep. Um, Lots of surprise, especially yeah. in such action like right. action sequences. Sometimes I honestly tune out because right. like I'm like whatever they're shooting at each other. That's yeah. cool. Get yeah. to the story because I love right. story. But the story's in there, right? It is. It is. Um, and uh, um, in addition to that, like the things that happen are not the things you expect, right? Like the problems. Like the whole episode two is not what you think it's going to be. Like you're like, okay, this happened. Now this is going to happen, and it's like, nope, big detour. But the detour is worth it. And fun and does more character development, even for like the, um, you know, even for like the Ugnot character who like, I don't even know if we'll see him again. Like, right. I don't know. I hope so because he's amazing. Totally. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just really, really well done. Um, Pedro Pascal, I don't really like him. So I was really nervous. Yeah. I don't really know him that um, well. He so. was in Game of Thrones and yeah, his character I didn't get that was far. really annoying. Like, really uh, annoying, and you weren't supposed to necessarily like him. He wasn't a bad guy, but he wasn't a good guy. <laughs> he was kind of like an anti-hero, right? <laughs> um, but in a really annoying way, okay. right? Um, 
Uh, one of the things I heard that was funny was that people were predicting that when he finally takes the helmet off, it's totally not going to be him. Like It's going to yes. be someone else. <laughs> and that's why we like him so yeah. much. <laughs> no, like it's his voice. Yeah. It's definitely his voice, but like that Maybe he won't, won't actually. Maybe like him. Uh-huh. I, I have to imagine it will just because Mandalorians look human. So right. um, I was interested. They You meet another Mandalorian in it, in that opening, remember in the beginning? Oh, yes. I'd love to know more about her. Uh-huh. Like, oh man, yeah, so. So good. I I, uh, I went to Grand Rapids Comic Con a couple of weeks ago, uh-huh. and there is like, there are cosplayers who are like tribes of Mandalorians. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they do like charity stuff, and at the events, like, you can pay to like, um, be a bounty, and get a place a bounty on your friend, and they'll like, give a ID tag around their neck, and then the bounty hunters will come within the next hour and find them at the convention That's and arrest them. Yeah, but they're like the cool thing. And from Rebels, you see like that all Mandalorians kind of have their own unique costumes and characters. And I love that within it's like variations on this awesome theme. So like I've never wanted to be a cosplayer until now. Like I am going to build a Mandalorian costume, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) That's, you know, one of the cool things about that is like. Everybody wanted more Boba Fett, right? Because yeah. Boba Fett was the best. And they gave us Jango Fett, and Jango Fett was a dud, right? Right. Like, the idea that Boba was a clone of Jango, that was kind of cool, right? Like, I yeah. like that. But it also just wasn't super, like, it just wasn't interesting. The, the movies weren't as good, right? Yeah, yeah. So when they when they did it in Rebels, and they had Jon Favreau voice it and stuff, and, like, they had so many, like, they started to really show you how their culture worked. That was the interesting thing, right? Yep, to understand, sure. like, oh, the Mandalorians, like, they have a really rich culture, and like, and these are these pieces of armor are important to them, and like, you know, um, and they just call the main guy the Mandalorian, though apparently he does have a name. Yep, uh, I, I found it because I was looking up the cast information, but like, I think they're going to reveal it in a future episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't anything spectacular. Like, right. It was just like Pedro Pascal basically said it in an interview. Like maybe he shouldn't have, but he just did. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure it's one of those things that's been public if you right. get any digging for and a I long don't time. I think it matters. Right. right? His right. name was not like Skywalker or Fett. So. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Awesome. But yeah, so this. Uh, Please don't be like Laura Fett or something, you know. <laughs> This is no longer a uh, building the game podcast. This is just a Star, Star Wars, Wars podcast. podcast. We're just going to hit this up every week now. Uh, so, but hey, so uh, Jason had an interesting idea for a game. So we're going to do it. We're going to pitch a game. Yeah. We're going to flip flop this episode. Yes. We're going to pitch a game now, and then we've got a topic we're going to talk about at the end. Um, but we're doing that because it, the game was inspired by The Mandalorian, though it has nothing to do with that. Um, do you want to explain kind of what? Yeah, we're yeah. Here? So my idea uh, that I had was. Uh, the idea that, like, spoilers are a thing in our culture right now that, like, people really struggle with. Like, they they want to get as close as they can uh, to revealing a spoiler without doing it, right? Uh, some don't don't restrain themselves at all, and they just go for revealing this the, the spoiler. So I thought, what if there was, like, a storytelling game where your goal is that you are telling a story, but you have a spoiler, um, and you have to use cards or something that describe your story, that lay out your story, uh, and you have to get other players to guess the spoiler. Maybe the spoiler are some common kind of themes that um, that, like, are not, like, super out there so there's you know there's possibilities but like then it, and then it can maybe have like a balderdash type of scoring where like if everybody guesses the spoiler you don't get any points but if a few people are like uh what's the other one that does that dixit does scoring similar to that yep. like yep. i um, played that for the first time last uh, weekend it's beautiful so. 
Yeah, it's a great it was game. fun. It was fun. Uh, so that kind of scoring, because like you, you want to tell a good story that gets people as close to the spoiler as possible without giving away too many things. So right. I thought maybe we could riff on that idea a little bit and see if we could uh, make something of it. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Uh, how do you see something like that? When I give you that idea, you kind of seem to get excited. So what uh, what would you do to make that a functional thing? Yeah, I think that um, – so there's two ways to handle it. One would be like, – Only there's, two. There's you know, only two ways. Two ways that <laughs> pop in my mind immediately. So one of them is very dependent on the player yeah. being able to tell a story, right? So – which would be that there's no story prompts. There's just twist cards, right? Like you could even call the game just like the twist, right? Because that's the idea. It's like these are like the M. Night movies, right? They have a twist. Yeah. And you don't want people – you want people to guess the twist. Well, you want someone to guess the twist, not everyone, right? Um, so like you would have this card that would say like he was dead the whole time or something like this, right? And um, in just like tons of those cards, like that'd be the whole game basically. And then it would be on you to look at the twist card and then start telling a story that would you could use to lead into that. That might be difficult for people because some people get nervous about that, right? Yeah, that's like the the freeformness would scare a lot of people right. away. So maybe that there's um, there's like a card that's one sentence that you get. That's the story, right? So you've got the story and the twist, and that's what the cards would be. The story card, the twist cards. And the story card, you look at that, and it's like, um, it's like there was a man, there once was a man from Nantucket. I don't know, but no, right? There's so it would be like <laughs> it would be like um a hero in space, blah, 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 right? And then like the twist. And the twist could be like completely um you know, it's they're unrelated, right? So, like, yeah. the twist could be really interesting. Um, and we could totally steal twists from movies, right? Yeah. Like, because there's so many out there, you know. Uh, the aliens were allergic to water all along, right? Um, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, you could, I mean, you could totally go the pop culture route <clears throat> and actually just have the whole game be like, let's come up with a hundred key... Right. twists in movies right. and have all the other story elements related to them. Right. So maybe you're trying to like put those pieces together. Right. Right. So one thing you could do, um, with, uh, that with scoring, like, um, my favorite game, uh, monikers does, uh, is it does the scoring based on difficulty. So like some twist cards might be worth five points. Mm. Some like, so if you guess it, you get five points and I get five points. But if you guess it and so does somebody else get it, then you maybe split those points rounded down and now I get four points. So I get like minus one point for everyone that guesses it, right? Yeah. But you also have to share. So you don't want other people to get it either, right? Mm. Does that make sense? I think a little bit. So like if there's three people guessing and I'm telling the story, you as the one of the guessers, you want to get it with no one else to get it because if it's worth five points, you get those five points, right? Right. But if you and your wife both guess it, now you each get two points. Yeah. But if you and your wife and my wife guess it, now suddenly you each get one point. Ah. And okay. I'm getting then two points because I started with five minus three is two. So, yeah. 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 So anyways, um... So what if there's one deck that is the elements of, like, story in the sense that a character, uh-huh. and then, like, exposition, like, or uh, who wants something. Right. You know, like, what do they want? And then there's uh, overcoming 
or like they're a resolution cards, and those are all one deck, right? Right. And then there's like the twist deck, which is the climax. How are those all or one something deck? like that? Well, maybe they're just shuffled together, and you have ten cards dealt from that to start with that you can use to craft your story. Oh. Um, and then you're playing playing card or something like that. I don't know. What if instead? Okay. It was one deck. There were three sections to the cards. There's oh yeah, a yeah, character, yeah, yeah, yeah. A story, like a character, a challenge, and something else, right? Yeah. Um. But you get multiple cards, right? So, in fact, maybe at the beginning, um, everybody, like, somebody, people give you cards or something, right? So, oh, like, everybody's, so like, it'd be like a trick taking game where you're like passing cards on the table, like, oh, I don't want this one. Right. Something like yeah. that. So then I take three cards and I can only use one thing from each card, but I can choose what I use from each card. Yeah, that right? explodes options and yeah. decreases components. Yeah, yep. So you've got. You mean you could do this easily with short decks with two easy decks of cards, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the only catch is you want to have more of the twist cards so that you've got you know a good I would think at least a good hundred twist cards because you don't want to have those be um, they don't want to get stale. Yeah, yeah, right. for sure. And you can't double side them because people would see that. So, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you could put two twists on a card though, actually, on the same side. Okay. To yeah. Save totally, on cards. Totally. So, um, and then, uh, you just would rotate the card, right? Have yeah. them be upside down. So you just pick which one you want. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that could work, right? Yeah. I think that it'd be a challenge to like have somebody guess the specific, like specific, a specific twist. You know what I mean? Like to like, what was the spoiler? So like that part like is very out up in the air about to me. Like I right. can't imagine like. How to make that concrete. That's hard, right? Because, like, if, if I... Go ahead. Yeah, like, thinking about, like, let's say I'm talking about the sixth sense, right? Let's do that one real quick. So I would be like, so there's this there's this kid, right? This kid sees dead people, okay? Um, and so he starts going to see a Wait, we should have said, spoiler alert. Dude, that movie is a long <laughs> time old. It's past its... Yes, uh, yes. It's, uh, it is, you have yeah, to know limits. this by now, right? Yep. So you're like, okay... Here's what happens, right? There's this kid. He sees dead pe dead people, right? And um, so he starts seeing this therapist, um, and the therapist talks to him, and, and, and the kid and him realize that maybe he needs to try to help these dead people, right? Mm -hmm. um, so he, you know, he he starts going and helping these people, um, these ghosts, <clears throat> and kind of setting them free. And it's really rewarding and exciting. But the therapist can't see these ghosts, right? And uh, and the kid explains that like. The people don't actually know they're dead. These ghosts don't realize they're dead, right? Mm. So he's helping them make that realization and move on. And and the, so the therapist, like as a side plot, is having trouble with his wife. Like constantly, he can't he can't seem to connect with her very well. Like their relationship is deteriorated. Um, he had had an injury a couple years back, and like things have just been different since then. And you know, the kid suggests like maybe he should talk to her like when she's sleeping, or like you know, like just try and like just talk to her and. You know, really be more aware of his surroundings when he was dealing with her because clearly they're not connecting for some reason, right? Mm. Um, and so how does it end, right? Like, does is that, I mean, you know, but is that yeah. enough information to where they're like, you could put that together? It could be. I think the problem is that, like, we are now going to require people to write an outline for an actually cool script that has enough characters and enough plots and side plots that, like, it's right. 
then they shouldn't be playing a game. They should be writing movies if they can come up with this quality <laughs> right, of right. this quality of film, uh, right. film script. But I mean, that's yeah, I, yeah, I like, could. If the game worked like that, like that was a good one, right? Yes, like, yes. Yeah. So like the idea that comes to mind is that like it would if we're trying to um, find out a piece of missing information, right? So it really like something that gives us more information, right? That, that is. It's a deduction game, essentially. A right, deduction right. party game. Yeah. So hey, how, I, how do we <laughs> get information? Um, it could be a reverse right. game. Maybe. Maybe we could say, here's the spoiler. Build a story around it. Somehow. Hmm. What I don't like about that is... Um, what I don't like about that is the issue of, like... I don't know. It just feels backwards to me. Yeah, it feels like an activity then. Right, yeah. Like, how, how are you going to do? make but it a game? But I, I guess was, that it's getting into your role-playing territory. But I was trying to think, what if the other players got to ask questions about the story, mm. right? So what if I, instead I was like, so hey, there's this kid, right? He can see dead people. He's got this therapist, right? Um... You know, and like, then you can, and like, I explain that, and then you can like, ask me questions about it, right? Um... So the only question would be <laughs> about questions would be, can you ask those questions out loud? Like, is that going to be because if you're like, is the therapist actually a ghost? Like, then, you know, you've just been like, yes, you got it. And then everybody's like, oh, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> neener, neener. Um, or could you write questions? Might you have like, whiteboards? Maybe. Maybe on your turn, there's a there's a choice of... Uh... You can ask a question or I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, but I feel like the interactivity of it would be because otherwise, like, you're gonna be telling a story and be like, how are you not getting this? Like this the spoiler is obvious, right? Right. right. Um, Another game that comes to mind is like Mysterium, where you're you have specific cards and one person is controlling them and trying to get people to guess certain elements of the story. Uh-huh. So, so I feel like it can be done. Um, but I think with the theme of a spoiler, just going to be a unique challenge. Right, right. The other thing, the option could be that you tell the story, but the players know the spoiler. Like the guessers know the spoiler and somehow they're trying to get you to guess. So some like you all see the spoiler card, right? And I'm telling the story and you're trying to ask me questions to get me to get the spoiler. Yeah. That could be interesting. Okay. Cuz then the story I'm to I know the story, but I don't know what the MacGuffin is, right? I don't know what the big twist is, and you all are trying to ask me questions to get me to do it and maybe you're able to ask questions like one by one, right? And you're trying to, if I'll say the spoiler to your question, right, then it becomes a little, like, taboo, right? Where, like, you can't say certain things around that spoiler. Sure. You know. The other, another easy way out of right. this one would be uh, apples to apples style. No. So I, it could, though. You, it, I mean, it, it works, like, in the sense that, like, here's the story that I'm setting up. Everybody submits a spoiler, and I choose which one I like the best. That's, like, the cheapest way that I could, like, make a game out of this idea. Right. So it's probably not the best way to go. But that's been done a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Try not to make it a cards with text game, like, that's against yes. humanity, right? Right. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah. Right, so that's that's an idea. Builders, let us know what you think of it. Make our game um, a game, uh, yeah. and maybe we'll play it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll steal your ideas and take all the credit. That'd be great. Sounds good. I'm into Sweet. it. When you leave the voicemail, you're signing basically the rights over. Yep, totally, totally. That's the small <laughs> That's print. That's legal, right? That's how that oh, works. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Please <laughs> Just don't to be clear. use the email. <laughs> We're recording this line, and we are stealing your ideas. <laughs> Thank you. All right, okay, okay, okay. So, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Okay, now, ladies. Yeah? All right, here we go. Um, So... What was like? We're going to talk about a topic now, right? So I suppose. a while back, you did this thing, and now I'm going to do this thing, and um, I'm getting prepped for it. Uh, but I want to pick your brain about what you did because uh, I you showed me. So you went to a library and you taught kids how to do game design, and you did that. It was like a week long camp or something. The the first time I did it was several years ago in the Flint area, okay. and it was supposed to be a week long, like three or four days. Uh huh. So, um, and I had a, like an hour or two with them a day, uh-huh. uh, and I didn't have a big turnout for that, but, uh, I, and I had kids for like three days, okay. a couple kids. Yeah. And then I, uh, redeveloped it this past year because I got asked to do like a one day workshop okay. that I, I had How like, long? I think it was about an eight hour day. Wow. Was, okay. Maybe, maybe six, six I to have eight. like two hours. Nice. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I spent the day with them. We had, we had lunch and in the middle, but we we uh, we had fun. It was cool. So it was a really neat thing to do. Um, it was just programming for the library, like a summer day camp kind yep. of a situation. And that's, so that's what I'm doing. I volunteered to do it at this library. Well, cool. I volunteer, but I mean, I said, "Hey, I can provide this service to the library." Yeah. Um, the big things that I'm trying to focus on are so you did a lot of like history of games and stuff like that. I don't have time to do that. In yes. This. Yeah. So like I I have to focus really on here's what a game is. Here's how you make a game. And then we're actually going to design a game together. And then I made these little kits for them that they get to take home. Okay. As part of the part of what they paid me. Like I used some of that to make these little, they're little kits. They're about like, they're, they fit a cards in them. Like, so think of like a card size, but a little bigger. It's this little box that snaps down or unsnaps. Um, and there's, you know, I'm going to put stickers on them. So it's like game design toolkit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So That's I'm awesome. Pretty, uh, pretty stoked about it. I'm going to have up to 20 kids. Um, they have to let me know if there's more. Um, but so I, I and mine need to be able to teach those things, right? Right. What is a game? How do you make a game? Here's a toolkit. And the game we designed together will be made from components from the toolkit. So they could literally go home with that exact same game. Or they could go home and make their own game. Yeah. Which I would rather idea. they did that. But yeah. I wanted them to be like, if they think this is cool, that they could do something with it. So yeah. yeah. So so what I did is I kind of I thought about my audience and I had I was gonna have anywhere from like eight year olds uh-huh. to high school age kids. Okay. I had no idea. It was that it was that open. Yeah, mine is fourth grade through high school. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's about the same then, because yeah. my kid is ten and in fifth grade. So um so I thought, okay, kids, I, how do they learn? You know, you you can't do just like talk at them the whole time, right? 
you know, but like there are some foundational things, you right. know, like, so I did uh, a PowerPoint. So there was something visual for those yep. kids to track with me. I plan um, on doing that too. I did some hands-on activities, some discussions, um, and then a lot of hands-on time. So like I, I started with like a game history activity, which I had made into a game. It was like a timeline where I had pictures of games and then they had a sheet numbered one through 20 and they had to put them in order based on when they thought those games were made. But like, and then at the end we were going to come back and score them. Right. But like, it was impossible to score them. Like if you get one out of order, they're all out of order. So like, so I use that as an opportunity to talk about like what makes a good game and what is a game. Right. So like I introduced games in this kind of way that, uh, was, was interactive and playing, you know, we, we just got into something right away and played. Um, and then I went through and kind of talked about some of the games and I showed them, uh, a video about, what game manufacturing looks like. I talked about the process of prototype to like getting the store shelves using my prototypes for the great Heartland Holland company. Like my very first copy that I made, I brought and I showed them what it looked like and where the idea came from. I showed them what happened when a publisher got a hold of it. Right. Um, so uh, to kind of like what the whistle for like you too can make games that go from idea to a thing, but mm -hmm. it doesn't make the, the idea less fun to play around with, even if it's not getting published. Right. Right. Um, then I did a worksheet like that was based on the idea of um, what are the elements of your game? Games usually have a theme, yep. a mechanism, yep. constraints and a way to win. Yep. So I said, if you can fill in all the blanks on this worksheet, you can then take that and you have enough to make a game. I agree. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, that is something I'm going to steal from you. I'll, I'll nice. make it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. really liked that layout of, cause I was looking for a straightforward way to say like, these are the things like I can spout off. This is what you need. But like, I, I want that time where they can workshop it too. Right. Because yeah. again, um, so, uh, so what I thought I would do is have like a easel so that I can write like, this is okay. Let come up with a theme, guys. Let's 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 give me some theme ideas, and then we'll put a theme, and then we'll put in you know a mechanism, and then a constraint, and a way to win. We'll figure that all out together, and that's how we'll then design our game with the little kit. Yeah, with my kit, right? And then they'll be able to do the same thing with theirs. So totally, yeah, yeah. That was um, so that was all before lunch stuff, and then after lunch, the library provided poster board and dice and bits and movers right and we just said go to work and i walked around the room with the librarian and librarian assistant uh -huh. um, who were also gamers and we just like talked to the talked about them with games we also actually i brought a bunch of classic games and we did kind of a round robin thing where like we split into groups and i like okay. we, we played can't stop with one group we played another game so i wanted to introduce them to as many mechanisms as yeah, quickly as possible right. by playing really quick fillers um and then we'd rotate tables so they got a chance to see right. like so I, and I, and I tried to tell them the rule is you can't make a roll and move game. You can't roll the right. dice and move. Right. Um, but everybody made a roll and move because that's just the concept that they yeah. have. And right. within two hours, they couldn't. They didn't have right. the time to yeah. like really. Yeah. Um, some some an older kid made a game that had resources and like it was a trade. Like you're using cards that are resources to buy a thing. But he they were big gamers, so they already like right. played Catan and right. Ticket to Ride and yep. had those concepts. But for a lot of the kids, it was brand new. They're like, uh, we like video games. Um, right. So that's important too. To, How do I make Fortnite the card game? Yeah. So that's the the idea. As I said, you know, like you can't really make video games if you don't understand 
what goes into making tabletop games because yep. that's the foundational yeah. stuff. It is, yeah. Um, so great. This leads to the other. If you're interested in that, fine. But like right now, these are things that translate. Yeah, this will help you yeah. be better at that. So it was a lot of fun. The kids, the ki- I think the kids really benefited from the uh, the attention of like uh, the variety of, of teaching uh-huh. styles, like going from a conversation to an activity to right. some you know time on their own building right. things with their hands. Right. One of the other things I did is I brought a bunch of colored discs. And we played like a bocce game with it where I put a disc in the middle and everybody had their own disc that they wrote their name on. And then we just stood at the end of the table and flicked to see who could get the closest. Okay. And then we did a round of it and I said, all right, somebody suggests a way we can change a rule. And like we just oh, kept like trying the same idea, good. and it was like this is play testing and iteration where you're coming up with new ideas. That's, that's yeah, yeah. I'm and not, it, was, and it was and it was a yeah. using the that's discs, really <laughs> using the discs. It was a super simple yep. thing. We could just like, all right, uh, we're flipping, we're flicking a disc. Whoever gets closest wins. Right. And then it was like, okay, how many tries should we get? And this was like, we should get three tries. If it goes off the table, um, you know, like it, there was just cool. Right. There was cool stuff. Right. Yeah. It, it was a neat kind of yeah. creative exercise gonna, to do. I'm gonna because I w- I was looking for hands-on things to do i do think for the last like 20 minutes or so depending on I me mean, basically the extra time we have is going to be okay you if you want can pull out your game kit write down this information and start working on it and i'm going to walk around and i'm here to help you so you know yeah um and i'm bringing a few copies of each of my games um uh because they wanted to see them like yeah. show them the really legit stuff so i may like give some of them away just because you know i like i like giving away stuff to kids and people yeah. so you know um that's awesome yeah. yeah um i would even maybe suggest maybe suggest that you give them to the library instead so oh, all the kids fair. if all the kids won't get one that's uh, fair, and that's then fair, they yeah. can have access to it if they come to the library that's true yeah yeah well um, i am bringing those copies yeah. to the library and i can leave them there so that's yeah. good point yeah yeah, yeah i would uh, like the library to build up their board games um yeah actually it was in my local library last week and i was like i noticed you have this little shelf of games I'm a publisher that lives in the neighborhood. Can I bring a copy of each of my games? They're like, yes, we would love yeah, that. Yeah, please. And she's like, maybe you could come up and teach them some night. And I'm like, yes, that'd be great. Yep. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I think it's it was really helpful for me, like, as a designer and a publisher, to, like, reel it back and think about, like, how do would I teach what I do to someone else? Right, right. Um, and it, it just, like, we take for granted that we know the process, you know? But, like, right. to kind of look at it from that outsider's perspective is a, is cool to look at it from from different ways. Right. And it's, it's tricky because, like, we all know the process, as you say, but we also know the process differently, right? Yeah. Like, every single designer works differently than other designers. Even co-designers, like Neil and I, we co-design a ton. We work very differently. Yeah. Um, and we have very different views on how we do things, right? And... And there's a lot of giving of like, okay, Neil, we'll do it your way, right? Like, which he would say if he's listening to this, you mean the right way? Um, <laughs> and most of the time he's correct. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a smart guy. Awesome. But anyways, yeah, I uh, that's that's cool. That's I wanted to get your perspective on it and uh, I'll definitely report back. I'm doing it on the December 7th. Uh, so I'll definitely report back to the show, like how it did maybe in the next episode we're on together. Uh, we can talk a bit about more about how it went. But I really like the idea of the flicking discs game because I was looking for a hands-on game, but I didn't want to actually bring a game. Game like I yeah. wanted us to do something else, so that's perfect. I've got some discs that I got from a publisher one time that are like heavy and nice, and they'll be good for flicking. And yes, yeah, and then the kid can just take that and put that in their kit too right. when they're done. So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm ordering a bunch of stuff off Amazon to fill out their kits. So awesome. they're getting so right now they're all getting ten cubes 
um, 20 cards, like 20 blank cards, um, a six-sided die, or maybe two even, maybe two six-sided dice if I can. Um, yeah, I've got the building the game one, so I'll probably give them a normal one and then a BTG one because yeah. I've got a ton of them. I might as well get rid of them. Um, and then um, I don't remember everything else that I was going to put in there, but lots of different stuff. I have a list online That's that I great. can't get to because we're recording right now, but um, and I've basically priced them out to hopefully be about a dollar or so to make. Oh, cool. So that the kits, because if I buy everything in bulk, right, and yeah. it's all stuff I'll use too when I have right. extras of it. So yeah. I would suggest yeah. for, for kids, if they want to make it, I mean, they can make games out of stuff they have around their house. They yep. don't have to have the right yep. components. No. Like, I, I, I went to thrift stores for a long time, yep. and I bought every dollar game that mm-hmm. looked cool, and yep. I dumped the components into, like, a tool, like a uh, nails and screws kind of drawers, you know, yep. that you would keep, like, hardware in. Um, so I have a pretty good collection from that, or I go to dollar stores that have cool wooden bits and, yep. like, buy a baggie of colored cubes that are that have been really fun to use. Yep. Like, just paint those pictures for them of, like, how they can do this without trying to be a professional yeah. and just yep. have it be fun. Yep. Um, another thing would be maybe introduce them. I, I introduce the kids to the Game Crafter to show them this is how you can make one copy right. of your game. Right. Um, and some other kind of resources that, that right. were helpful, too. Right. So there's just so there's so much. It's going to be tough for you to like share in two hours, but maybe you right. could maybe you could get another chance to do it on a regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basis. No, my my hope is my hope is to continue doing this with other libraries or with this library again. This is a whole Kalamazoo library system. I'm just doing it at one branch. Awesome. Uh, but if it goes well, then they would be interested in having me come to some other branches as well. Yeah, or very cool. Also, maybe go to a school, to a board game club, and do it there as well yeah. as part of the library. So. I'm really down with it. There's obviously tons of libraries around. I know quite a few people who work in the library system, so I'm hopefully to make this a recurring gig. Cool. Um, Because you know what? I I get to help kids out. I get a little bit of cash for my time, like, and I can spread the board game hobby to more people. Like, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's perfect, right? It so, is. Yeah. So I want to hear from builders too. Like, uh, if you've taught game design in any way. What tools do you use? Uh, do you have you taught uh, kids in libraries? Have you taught like game clubs? Have you just gotten together with friends to like try to say, hey, this is how I would make a game if I were you? Um, let us know what tools you're using, maybe that we're not thinking of, or what kind of activities you use to kind of share the love of uh, board game design people. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna put a pin in that, and uh, we're gonna end the show now. That's, That's that cool. Part. We're still gonna do the end at the end. So yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. All right. So thank you for listening to us today. You can find us if you want to find us online at buildingthegamepodcast.com. You can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com, though we would prefer that you would call us at 770-TEL-BTG. You can also find us on Facebook, on the Twitter, uh, at PodcastBTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. And Katarski is at Jason Katarski. Yes. yes. Or at Green Couch Games as well. Or at Green Couch Games as well. Not at Green Couch Games as well, at Green Couch Games. So just in case anyone's real dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and just to show for myself and Jason a little bit, you can go to GreenCouchGames.com and order a copy of Into the Black Forest because the Kickstarter copies are all on their way and we're going to be releasing it soon just in time for the holidays. Yes. So hook it up. Makes a great gift yes. for family and friends. Games are cool. They are very cool. So, all right, with all of that, good night. Later. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.